you're listening to Boss Up, the podcast for purpose-driven entrepreneurs, creatives, and side hustlers. I'm your host, Jessica Alexander. I'm the founder and CEO of Operation Evolve, an author, speaker, coach, and the creator of Boss Babes Brunch Tour. It's my personal mission to help you gain clarity, discover your passions, and walk in your purpose. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Boss Up Podcast. It's your hostess, Jessica Alexander, and today I am talking about one of the most amazing men I have ever known, and that is my father. He is absolutely amazing, and the reason I want to talk about him today is because Father's Day is coming up. If you're listening to this episode the day that it's released, that means that Father's Day is in two days. If you have not gotten your card, your gift, you need to go ahead and do it right now. In fact, go ahead and plug this podcast into your car and let it play as you are on your way to the mall or to wherever to get your dad something. Now, let me talk a little bit about my father because he is nothing short of amazing. And I'm just sitting here reflecting on the past 34 years of my life. And I'm just filled with gratitude. Like I am sitting here recording this, just beaming, smiling from ear to ear, thinking about how amazing my life was because I had such great parents and I had such a great father who literally did what he had to do to make sure that we had a great life, to make sure that we ate well and that we had clothes on our back and that we had a roof over our heads. And I'm just grateful because I'm 34 right now. And when my father was 34, he had five children, (laughs) five. And the last two were twins. What? (laughs) And I'm thinking like right now, if I was 34 and I had five kids, I have no idea what I would be doing. And it's just so crazy just to see the differences in generations. And that's really why I want to share some of these lessons that he's taught me over the years, because we are so different, our generations and how our parents are in comparison to how we are. And it's really just amazing to see what he was able to do how he was able to provide for us and how he was able to, oh, just the way that he did it. I'm going to go into detail in the episode, but if I was 34 with five kids, you would have never seen a smile on my face. Not like that. Oh my God. I would have been stressed out. And you know what? I'm certain he was, but he never let it show. He made it a priority of his to take care of his home. And he did it with pride. And it just feels like it's something that you can really never pay back. I'm like always thinking of ways like, how can I make more money so that I can pay back my parents for everything they've done? I don't even think there's a dollar amount that could equate the amount of work, the amount of energy, the amount of love that they have poured into developing us into productive citizens in this world. But I'm I'm trying my best to, to pull something together. So I'm just grateful for him. I'm grateful to have been raised by him. And I'm grateful that even at age 34, we have a good relationship and I'm able to call him and talk about things that are, you know, that doesn't have anything to do 
It doesn't have anything to do with me begging to go to a dance or me being sent back upstairs to change because I bought a mini skirt that was too short. So before I get into today's episode, I really just want to say I'm dedicating this to my dad. Daddy, I love you. I'm grateful for all that you've done. And I pray that as we continue to grow throughout this life, that we're able to do so many more fun things together and that we're able to continue to grow and build our amazing family and just have time together and love on one another and continue to just be there for one another. I love you, Daddy. And this episode is dedicated to you. So let's get into it. So let's get into today's episode. Like I said, we're talking about learning lessons from my daddy. And that's why today's title is Daddy's Daddy Lessons. <laughs> Not to be confused with Beyonce's song, Daddy Lessons. Two completely different concepts going on here. My daddy ain't shoot nobody. <laughs> but I wanted to share with you some really important lessons that were either taught to me directly or things that I picked up in watching how he led his life and how he led his family. So I really hope that you appreciate and love these lessons. They are really relevant to not only your personal life, but also to your business venture if you have one. So let's just go ahead and get into it. The first lesson that I learned from my father, and we've even talked about it to this day, is the importance of taking care of your responsibilities first. Now, I will say that as a hard-headed child, I did not always grasp this concept. It took me some time. It took me bumping my head a couple of times, but I finally got it. Because now we are in an age where we are taught and encouraged. I don't want to say taught necessarily, but we are encouraged to follow our passions, to follow our purpose. In fact, my book is titled Boss Up, Pursue Your Purpose with Confidence. But I do not think that we have too much of a discussion about the other side of it, which is you as an adult also have responsibilities, financial responsibilities, which means that you need to take care of your three basic needs, food, clothing, and shelter. And if you are unable to do that, maybe the passions and purpose route is not for you full time, right? And it's something that I have had to learn, but I really want to go back into talking about my father. So this was something that he taught me, but it's also something that I saw growing up. I know that my father has passions in many areas, but the career path that he followed was not necessarily in alignment with it, not 100%. And like I stated, when my father was my current age, he had five children. So I think about if I have five children, um, if I'm a man, I have five children and wife that I'm taking care of and providing for. I don't necessarily have the luxury of taking time off to work on writing a book, to taking weekends to spend hundreds or thousands of dollars on um, conferences or events or much time to go networking or a whole bunch of time to, you know, spend hours with a coach or in a mastermind group. And in fact, I don't even think in the 90s that these terms were widely known or accepted in the first place. In fact, the barriers to entry for entrepreneurship back in the 90s when my father was 34 were a lot higher than they are in 2021. So even with that being said, what I recognize and what my father did and how he modeled for his children was 
you take care of those responsibilities first. At the end of the day, these children still need clothing. They still need food. They still need shelter. They need reliable transportation. And even for their extracurriculars, because at this point, as a parent, you do put some of the needs of your children ahead of yours. So for our extracurricular activities, for our after-school programs, for dance team, for band, for piano, for all these things, there were financial obligations that needed to be met. So as an adult who has these responsibilities facing me, am I going to pursue my purpose and figure things out or I'm going to make sure that the responsibilities are taken care of because I'm leading my home in a certain way? And that's one thing I've learned from him. Like I said, I had to learn it the hard way, but it's one thing that as I'm getting older, I'm understanding a lot more. Now, I do not want to come across like I'm telling you not to pursue your purpose. But I think that because we are living in such an, we're living in an, an amazing time where we are able to work full-time jobs and start a side hustle and immediately start monetizing a side hustle to where we're able to have both. And we're able to create plans and we're able to find coaches and classes and YouTube videos and workshops and webinars that will teach us step by step how to exit that job and enter into full-time entrepreneurship without messing up our money. And it's really important that we take advantage of those resources that are available to us. We take advantage of the coaching that's able to help um straighten the path and shorten the path to success for us. It's important that we leverage the fact that we don't necessarily have to be full time in a side hustle and we can still grow it while maintaining our salaries and taking care of our household. We're able to let our salary be our first investor into our brand. But I can say that many people are not doing that not all. I don't want to, I don't have any specific numbers, but I do know that there are people who just jump into, well, I don't want to work. I don't want to work for the man. I want to be my own boss. I don't want to get out, get into college yet. I'm going to start a business. And that's fine if that's your choice. However, when you recognize that you have obligations such as food, water, you know, food, shelter, water, clothing, if you're not able to provide for yourself those things, then it might be an opportunity for you to reflect and look at how you can take care of your responsibilities first and grow your business at the same time. Like I stated, it took me a while to get here. And let me tell you how you can incorporate this into your business. So let's say you've taken the leap. Because just a little bit of background on me, you, if you've heard in other episodes, I've talked about it, but I've never worked a nine to five. Even when I was in college, I never my, my jobs, I worked in restaurants. I was a server at Olive Garden during college. I had a short stint as a car salesperson, and even that was a commission-based job. And my first management role, my first marketing management role was as a contractor. Even though I was technically a W-2 employee, this was not a full-time position. I've always done contract work since, since 2013. I've done, I've worked several marketing contracts for organizations and businesses across the country. How you can incorporate responsibilities first as a business owner is to look at what is generating the most revenue and hyper-focus on that. 
So if you are looking into your business and maybe you're at a point where you are barely making it or bills are getting skipped or maybe you are, you know, you're you're not exactly where you need to be. You're still borrowing money. Maybe you can start looking at what is bringing in the most revenue. And when I analyzed this in my own business, when I was kind of disheveled, I realized that my coaching packages and that I only need to sell a certain amount per month in order to hit my revenue goal. And it wasn't that many, which means that I solely needed to focus on pitching coaching clients. Yeah, I could still focus on creating a webinar here or there or doing a quick course. But what was bringing in the funds was the coaching. So if you were all in in your business, but you're still not taking care of your responsibilities in a way that you would like to, to provide yourself some stability and peace of mind, identify that thing that's generating the most revenue and figure out a way that you can multiply it. Do that right now. Look at your numbers. Look at what people are asking you for and see how you can multiply that. So that's the first thing. Take care of your responsibilities. Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart and it's not always cute. But if you have an opportunity to leverage a a job, leverage a part-time job, leverage a current career and help that fund this business venture that you know is going to be successful, then do that. But I'm not telling anyone not to pursue their purpose. I'm telling you, that's the name of my book. I want you to walk in purpose. But I also want you to not make mistakes that I made. And I want you to listen to my daddy and take care of your responsibilities first. Okay. All right. So the second lesson that I wanted to share is that you can lead in any role without having a title. Now, for the majority of my life, my father worked in management and he transitioned into another role where he did not have that specific title. But I remember him always telling me how the people that he worked with were always coming up to him. And his name is Philip. And he was telling them that they called him Dr. Phil because he always had the best advice. And to this day, he does. And he's the way that he's able to communicate is amazing. And I like to say I get my talking, I talk a lot from my mom, but I think I'm an effective communicator from my father. And the way that he's able to communicate with people and show that he's a leader without necessarily having a title, it actually makes me think about John Maxwell's book, Five Levels of Leadership. And I cannot remember exactly what the first, because it's all P's, of course, because you know, John John Maxwell is a former pastor, so I just kind of feel like that's just in his DNA. I forget what the first P was, but I believe that I don't know what the exact word is, but it, basically it meant that you got your leadership capability because of a title. And then I believe the next level, level two, was permission, where people allowed you to lead because of who you were, not because of they, not because they had to. They wanted to follow you because of who you were and how you led versus, oh, well, that's my manager. So I have to listen to what he has to say. And as I'm leading, as I'm bringing on interns and as I have volunteers and as I have contractors come into my business, I think about how I want them to see me, how I want people to see me. Do I want to be a leader or do I want people to feel like they have to listen to me? Or do I want people to want to hear the vision that I'm laying out and follow it with ambition, follow it with joy, follow it with excitement because of what it is and who I am and how I lead and guide my team. 
So this one, this lesson is short and sweet, but I really think that in this age, we get so caught up in titles and we want to be CEO. We want to be chief, whatever. We want to be boss, babe. We want to be that chick, but we don't have to be all of that in order to be a leader. And we have to also recognize that people are always watching us, whether we want to um, whether we recognize it or not, we are leading in some shape or form. It could even just be by the content that you're posting online. People are watching you and people want to follow good leadership that shows proven results. So again, I'm incorporating these lessons into how you can bring them into your business. A lot of times when you're first starting out in your brand, you think that, well, no one knows, no one cares. And I can go into this for a long time. I can be very long-winded on this topic, but a lot of times when we're first starting out in our businesses, we because we don't have the clout, because we don't have the hundreds of thousands of followers or even the tens of thousands of followers, or we probably don't even have a thousand followers, we don't think that we're making an impact. And we think that the only people who are wanting the type of services we provide, want to get them from someone who's at a higher level. And I put that in air quotes. But what's going to be important for you, entrepreneur who is listening to this, is that leadership doesn't have to come with the title. It doesn't have to come with thousands of followers. It doesn't have to come with clout. It doesn't have to come with the best landing page. It doesn't have to come with events that have balloon arches and fresh cut florals and rose gold china and all that other stuff. It literally can come from you. You need to lead from where you currently are. I think back to the first Boss Babes brunch event that I hosted, and I remember feeling like, okay, I'm hosting this event. No one knows who I am. It is what it is. Maybe it'll be something. Maybe it's not. When I, I go back and look at that time of me hosting these events, and even hosting the tour, and I'm really excited to get back. One of the lessons I wish I had learned from this is that keep leading where I am. Keep being strong where I am. Keep believing in myself and my business and the direction that it's going in where I am because people are listening. People are watching. People want what I'm providing. And I just need to keep going and be confident in that. And I was confident in what I was doing, but the level of confidence I had should have been through the roof for what I had accomplished. So don't think that what you're doing isn't big enough or isn't amazing enough. Just keep going. Lead from where you are. People are recognizing it and they appreciate it and they want to continue to work and support what you're doing. So lead from where you are. You don't need a Forbes article. You don't need a Forbes, you know, under 30, under 30. If you get those things, fabulous. And I'm not trying to hate on them at all. Like those are great accomplishments and those people who receive them should be proud. But there are ways for you to grow in your brand and grow your platform. But you have to start where you are. It doesn't have to come with all the bells and whistles when you first start. Just leave from where you are. The third thing is that life comes in seasons. And this is something that we know anyway. But again, I've been reflecting on my life and I've seen the ups and downs of life and how it can happen through the eyes of a man who's leading his family. Like I've seen, you know, I remember when my sister got in the first car accident with the family van. I remember 
a sibling being sick and having to be transported to the hospital. I remember me busting my knee wide open doing cartwheels on air conditioner units and having to be rushed to the hospital. I remember so much, so many ebbs and flows of life. And you have to be committed to seeing it all the way through. And I think that that's something that our generation is missing, especially in relationships, but we're not going to talk about relationships today. But I think about how easy it could be for an individual to just want to quit, to want to give up. Life be hard sometimes. And when you are in the thick of it as a parent and you have this weight that you're carrying, it can be hard. You know, as they say, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Like I think about the heaviness that my father must have felt at some times leading his family. But I remember having a conversation with him not too long ago and just how he knew that regardless of what life was looking like, that his responsibility was to his family, period. There wasn't any, you know, well, let me figure this out and I'll be back. But no, it was just like, I'm, this is my family. They mine and I'm going to stick beside them because that's his role to lead them. And he was committed to that role. So not even that life comes in seasons, but really just be committed to what it is that you've created. How about that? I'm changing it. It's not life goes in seasons. Commit to what you create. I think I like that a lot more. <laughs> and that's what he talked about. He talked about his commitment to his family, commitment to raising them. It gets hard. Like I just really think about, like first and foremost, you have five daughters, daughters, daughters. All of them are into some type of extracurricular activity. They're girls, so they're a little bit more expensive off the top. And it's just like, how does he do it? I look back, I'm in complete awe of what he's done and how he little I've okay. I've never heard my dad complain about taking care of his family before. Not never. I know that's not proper English, whatever. I've never heard him complain. I mean, he might've wrote it in a journal or something. I don't know. I don't know. But I've never heard my father complain about Ugh, all these kids trying to be extracurriculars. Oh, y'all always asking for something. Y'all always got this. I've never, heard, my dad has never taken it home. I can't even remember my father raising his voice too much. I just remember him being committed to what he created. He created a family and he was committed to providing for them. He was committed to protecting them. He was committed to make sure that we were fed. He was committed to making sure that we were clothed. He was committed to his role. And I'm pretty sure that every single day wasn't amazing for him. I'm pretty sure he was just like another thing. I'm pretty sure when he's at work just trying to do his thing and he gets a phone call from my mom telling him that I done busted my knee open. He just like, oh, again, something else. When does it end? But he was there and he was committed to what he created. And I don't even think I need to do too much explaining as to how this can relate to your business. Commit. Again, we quit too easily in 2021. Things get hard and we're ready to bounce. We ready to dip on out of there. 
We don't get the first initial sales we want. We don't get the turnout for our event. We don't get support from our friends and family. We don't get all the things that we want and we are ready to throw in the towel. Don't do that. If you want your business to grow, not only do you need to be laser focused, but you need to be committed to what you are creating. You need to nurture it. You need to water the flowers in your business, just like my father watered the flowers of his family. See it grow. But if you abandon it, if you only give it time when it's looking good, so you're only hype about your business when you get a sale, you're only posting about your business when you got, you know, when someone talked great about it. You're not actively investing in yourself. You're not actively making sure that it's doing what it needs to do. That's not going to work out to giving you a successful brand. Commit to what you create. Invest in what you create. And you will see the results. And I'm pretty sure that now that my father sees us in our late 20s and 30s, I'm pretty sure that he's grateful that he was committed and made that made that declaration for himself to do what he needed to do for his family. I, Like I said, I'm in complete gratitude and really will never not be in shock and awe of what he did with five children, my God, at age 34. Okay. I'm just throwing it out there. Which brings me to my next point, which is experiencing delayed gratification. <laughs> and, you know, I hate to chuckle at this, but listen, life is not perfect. Like, I, I know that we are looking on Instagram and we're seeing all the things. We're seeing our favorite influencers go on influencing trips, influencer trips to different, plate, different places across the country, across the globe. And... We see all these things that we want, these picture-perfect families, these people purchasing their first homes, doing all these things, but that's not the case for every single person that you're going to come into contact with. You know, just in moving to Alabama, I can, I mean, moving from Alabama to Chicago, I can look around the city and see the hurt. I can see the struggle in certain neighborhoods that I go through. I can see that things, that people are working on things, working towards something. So it's really important for you to understand. And one thing I noticed from my father is that he, I think he, in his mind, I, I can't speak for him. Like I said, y'all are gonna have to find some way to get a dinner invite when I'm in town and have a seat at the table with daddy, because I'm telling you, he's one heck of a man. And maybe I'm just looking at it from what I would do if I was in his position. But I do think that this concept of delayed gratification is something that he probably embraced. I don't want to assume for my dad, but that's what I'm going to do anyway. <laughs> but I don't I think that he knew that there was going to be a time where he wasn't worried about cheerle- you know, dance team uniforms and senior trips and senior photos and graduations and send-offs and all the responsibilities that come with parenting. You know, I think that being an empty nester was a, a not that he was like, get out of my house, kids. But I think that, you know, being able to have a little bit of that time back to himself, a little bit of that money back to himself was something that he knew would eventually come. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like, you know, this is my life forever. I'm always going to be raising children, even though I'm pretty sure he still feels like it with the amount of phone calls that he got during the first Boss Babes brunch tour. <laughs> but, you know, delayed gratification that everything I'm working for is going to pay off soon. 
in that business, I know that right now, nobody knows me. I know that right now I only have 500 followers. I know that right now I'm only getting one client a month. But if I keep growing, if I keep staying consistent, if I keep doing what needs to be done, I will get the gratification I desire. Maybe it will be me on that influencer trip because I've grown my platform because I've been consistent. But I didn't give up because I knew that if I keep going, I'm going to get what it is I desire. Delay gratification. We don't. And I know that we need to give ourselves a pat on the back every now and then. But sometimes we just need to keep on pushing. We don't need to complain. We don't need someone to share our troubles with. We just need to keep our head down and keep grinding. And I know that that some people might call that hustle culture and hustle culture is dead. I don't think so. I think that there's a period in every single person's life or business where you have to just Put your head down and grind it out that you have to just keep on pushing through until you start seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. And you just have to endure that season. So in, you know, understand that, yes, right now, everything that I desire is not in front of me. But because I believe in myself, but because I believe that speaking things into existence is real, because I believe that I'm called on purpose to do certain things, I know that I'm not doing any of this in vain. And I do know that with my hard work will pay off. Right now, I want Chick-fil-A. I do. And I'm going downtown and there are going to be Chick-fil-A's. Do you know how many Chick-fil-A's are in downtown Chicago? I feel like I'm back in Alabama where I can get Chick-fil-A whenever I want. But guess who's not going to Chick-fil-A this afternoon? Me. Why? Because this weekend I plan on being in swimsuit. I got weight loss goals. And once I start seeing a couple of abs poke out, y'all really won't be able to tell me anything. And then I'll have my Chick-fil-A sandwich. But delayed gratification. I know that right now drinking a green smoothie it will do my body better than a spicy Chick-fil-A sandwich with Chick-fil-A sauce, no pickle, fries, and a lemonade. I know that I can't have that right now. And I want it desperately. But I'm willing to delay that gratification to get the results I desire. My father wanted to have a great family and wanted to release productive citizens into the world. He was willing to put his head down and grind it out until he got it. He got what he asked for in your business. The same delay gratification. It's a beautiful thing. We don't want it, but it's something that we have to experience. The last thing I want to say about my daddy is this quote is that people don't remember what you did. They remember how you made them feel. I know I'm already butchered that quote, but charge it to my head, not my heart. And the fact that I didn't Google it before I started recording this podcast episode be that way sometimes. All right. Listen, I had lunch with a friend from grade school last year. And I don't even know why, how the conversation came up, but I remember her telling me that she just remembers how nice my dad was and how he would come home. Even he would come home from a long, hard day's work, how he would just be nice and just kind And that makes me feel great (laughs) because it's something that I look back and I'm just like, my dad was never like, he was, 
he probably had so much going on in his head, but he chose to present kindness and generosity and caring to us. Like I look back on my life, there was never a day where I did not feel loved. There was never a day that I felt like I was all by myself and I didn't have anyone. And I know that these feelings that I had, and it's not even feelings, these are things that I know to be true. I know that these are things that not every person has had the blessing of experiencing. So for that reason, I do not take it for granted. I don't. And it just made me think about how I want to leave my lasting impressions upon people I come into contact with. And I want I want them to feel that same peace and love and joy and just kindness that my father presented to other people. I want to carry that with me, too. And I think it's something that we all want to carry with us. So that's going to be my final charge for all of you all listening today is just to lead with love and lead with care. Do the right things. And you'll you'll be fine. My father, he's, you know, he's getting older now. We're able to do more fun things together. And he's he's still the same. He's funnier now. <laughs> he's gotten funnier over the years, but he's still just the same amazing, kind, incredible man that has always been there in our family. And I'll always be grateful <clears throat> for him. And I'm grateful for these lessons that he's taught me. And I'm Sure that there are going to be plenty more lessons for him to share with me, especially as I transition into things like marriage and motherhood prayerfully over the upcoming years. And just grateful for that man to be the patriarch of the family. He's phenomenal. And yeah, that's all I have. So again, this episode is dedicated to my dad. Um, but this is also, I want to just take this time to give a shout out to all the fathers out there who are doing their very best to care for and lead their families in the right way, to guide them properly, to provide for them properly, and to commit to being the person that their family needs to ensure that they continue to grow. So thank you, Daddy. Again, can't thank you enough. I love you. And can't wait to see you soon. I hope y'all have a wonderful day. Give your father a big hug on Father's Day and I'll see y'all next week. Y'all have a good one. Thanks for tuning in. If you found today's podcast episode helpful, be sure to subscribe, rate, and share with your tribe. Also, check out coaching programs and upcoming events from our website, operationevolve.com. The link is in the show notes. We'll see you next week.